What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Stallion, today's episode, we're going to share how there is a calculation that you can do as long as you're not driving that will tell you exactly how much money you need to have in an investment account based upon Wall Street's method for you that you know exactly how much you need in order to, quote unquote, retire, die, whatever comes first. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be pretty eye opening. Uh, it's a big, big number. It's even it's, as some of the people in their inner circle said, an incalculable number. Can you use that word? Incalculable? Incalculable. I, I wouldn't. You can't say it, but you could You could use it. <laughs> I repeated it. I'm not quite certain I would have the definition for you on it. it speaking of calculable, you, you told yeah. me just a second ago before we pressed record that you took calculus in high school. I did. Yeah, my senior year. That is crazy. I, I had to have one of those ridiculous calculators, like the graphing ones that had the big screen at the top. And I just remember, like, it was like college tuition to buy that thing. It was like a thousand dollars. And you use it really wasn't a thousand. It was might have been like eighty dollars. But at the time it felt like that. And I remember using it like three times mm. the whole year. Yeah, I did I didn't didn't get that high in math. Once once we quit doing add numbers and started doing letters and derivatives and derivatives of derivatives and stuff like that, I didn't do it. I, did I ever tell you a story about Megan and I actually took a class together in college? No. Uh-uh. Yeah, so the, the first year she was there in college, she followed, and I needed to take calculus as part of my degree, and Megan said, I'll take it too. I went, oh, cool. So we took calculus together. Technically, she showed up. She went to study for it. I rarely showed up and shocking. I did not do well in the class. <laughs> so bad. I actually felt I actually oh. did fail because I dropped out before I failed. I, 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 that was what a crazy thing that is. They'll just let you go as far as you want to and then you drop out of them. And that's what I did. And I, I was, I was not good at that class. And later on in life, I found out that she actually didn't need to take the class. She took it for what reason? You're looking at him, bro. <laughs> she had already, she but had, you never showed up to class. She had already skipped over that part. Like she literally did not need to take it. And I didn't know it, but she was so infatuated with me. She wanted to be in that class. And this was before Man. we were dating or anything. Like, you know, her brother Mitch and I were roommates. And I just thought, oh, cool. She needed to take it. And, and I didn't realize that 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 was the the reason. That's love right there, man. Yeah, she was a horrible. Actually, she was like, "This is like an easy class for me, so I'll just kind of." She was a horrible tutor, <laughs> at least in calculus. <laughs> I mean, look, it it just but that that moment blossomed into a you know a a flourishing marriage, almost twenty years man. being married now. It all started in calculus. It, it 
Well, I'm not certain it started in calculus. Because oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a whole lot of time there. I'll say that one more time. But yes, today's episode, we're going to get into some calculations that are much easier. It's something I do use and I am qualified to, to go into and calculations that you can do as well. You don't need graphing calculators to do this math. It's simple. You can take out your iPhone and figure out exactly how much Wall Street says that you need to have in order not to run out of money before you die or retire, whichever comes first. And we're going to also talk about an easier approach and some cool stories that our clients have shared with us. You won't want to miss this. Let's belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the IBC Roundtable, where each week we go deep into your favorite subject, the infinite banking concept. I'm the idea guy, Russ Morgan. I'm sitting here next to my co-host, the Italian Stallion, and he's got the license plate cover to prove it, Mr. Joey Murray. What's up, Joey? Man, I'm fired up. Are you? You're literally busting my chops before we press uh, hey, record here. Every once in a while, you got to give it back, and I'm just I've been saving up. Literally, I feel I've been accumulating. I, I feel like a rag dog just been getting just busted up around here. Hey, give me some coffee and uh, we're ready to go. All right. So we're talking about retirement myths, lies as it re relates to Wall Street's plan for retirement and how we need to look in the mirror and take action ourselves. Are you excited about today's topic? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Let, let me get around the table. We'll come back to you in a sec because I do want your thoughts on this. Next to you, we have the Indiana Jones of Finance, Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. Good afternoon, Ernie. Afternoon, Russ. How are you? I'm I'm great. I could use a little coffee. I don't know where mine Dang. Didn't come from. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean to leave you out. Man. You haven't been I'm closing sorry. lately, is what I heard. Probably <laughs> for closers. Whoa. Mm. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not pulling that. <laughs> Everybody went cold. It was crickets behind that one. <laughs> chirp, 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 chirp. I'm gonna move on across the table. We got the man with the million dollar smile, Mr. Incredible, JD Hill. Good afternoon, JD. Good afternoon. I gotta be. Uh, I gotta be honest here. If Joey, this is what you sound like after coffee, um, dude. Where's the excitement? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not what excited sounds like. <laughs> it is definitely. This is this is flat, Joey. Right. Look, now. if there's if there's this a is 10, lukewarm, Joey. If there's a ten on the on the deal, I'm I'm always running around two or three. So I just went up about four. I'm still way behind you. What were okay. your energy units on the culture index? They had to be like actually nine. surprisingly high. They were they were super high. I had low EU. Okay, super he's, low. he's he's a high C. That makes sense. Yeah, he he keeps running later in the afternoon. I'm laying on his couch trying to take a nap. <laughs> All right, but that's not interesting enough because no. today's topic is one of those things I think is going to be an interesting conversation. We were going to have a different conversation today. Ernie, you said that's a snooze fest. Do we want people to be awake or asleep? And let's talk about something that's really important. And I, I like this topic, and it is the retirement myth or lies that have been taught and preached, advertised to us 
and most people have consumed them wholesale. And that is that I need to accumulate money over a long period of time. And that will be my retirement plan. Initial take to that conversation, JD. I, I fell for that lie too. <laughs> um, in fact, I participated and perpetuated that lie when I first started my career in this business and, you know, coming out of college and uh, thinking that that was the only way that you could create financial freedom or financial independence for yourself was to just do what everybody else was doing save money, put money to your 401k, you know, uh, be a good employee and hope, right. Fingers crossed that it all works out. Um, because that's what I was taught. And, um, you know, I, I think as we've, you know, talked about before your, uh, beliefs are driven highly by your experiences in life. And so experiences create beliefs and those beliefs ultimately drive behavior and action. And unless you're willing to think for yourself critically or, or think outside the box or want something more, you're just going to continue to do what you've always been done or what's always been modeled for you. Ernie, what's your quick thought on, on this topic today? My quick thought is somebody else's quick thought. Uh, this isn't going to be a perfect quote, but we were, Joey and I were in a meeting with somebody who um, we were just catching up with. And he said, literally, I listen, I listen to you guys. And I know that what you're talking about is what I want, but what I'm doing is not going to get me the result of what you're talking about. Mm. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Explain well, more. So really this, this person is just having a foot in both camps. I want to have, I want to do what everybody else is doing and I want to do, I want to have what you guys are talking about and doing. And I mean, that, that's a, that's like, taking your left arm and, and trying to trying to grab something on the left and trying to take your right arm and grab something on the right. You're, you're just not going to be able to get both. You're going to be spread too thin. And this person's saying, I know that what I, I know what I'm doing is not going to get me what I want because what I want exists right now. Mm. And that's, that involves putting money far, far away from them. Joey. Mm. Uh, well, I get fired up about this subject because one, I was living it not unlike JD. I wasn't necessarily perpetuating it because I was just a participant um, in the 401k kind of dilemma, the idea that, man, just grow your income, put more and more of it away and hope strategy your way in the future. But you're so busy today, you don't even really worry about it because you're thinking, well, this is all there is. This is all that I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm checking the boxes. I've, I've done the education, I've gone and gotten a good job. And now what I can do with my time is what somebody else is dictating to me, the parameters outside of this 40, 50, 60 hours. That's the time that I get to use for me, my family or whatever. And, and I think we, we mentioned, we said retirement lies or myths. And I think the biggest one is that you are not in control of your time and you're not supposed to be. Hmm. I'm going to let that sink in. Like that is a lie that we have been told and we have just signed up for willingly because we think that that's what success is going to look like. But if we haven't taken a, a moment to literally look in the mirror, as we're talking kind of, kind of alluding to today, as we were playing uh, man in the mirror before the show, 
Michael Jackson uh, kicking it for us. But if we haven't taken that opportunity and said, even what is three years look like from now? Three years from now, if I keep on the same path, what will my time, what will my um, life look like? If it's not going to be any better, I got to do something different today. Uh, here's in my eyes, what the retirement lie is, is that there actually is going to be a retirement. Mm. JD, you, you were quoting stats to us the other day about the percentage of money that people actually are saving, how much money they actually have in in accounts, what, what the dilemma they're going to face when they get to this magical 60, 65, 70, whatever the age that they've lied to themselves saying, that's when I'm going to retire at. And, and here's reality. I'm talking to a guy the other day, this our age, right? Early forties. And he's like, man, I really need to really need to get with you. I don't know if you know, my mom passed away last year and left me this retirement account. I just don't know what to do with it. A couple of thoughts came to my mind first, like, man, how awful, right? At some point in time, my mom's going to pass and I, I'm not ready for that to happen yet. So I, I can't imagine he was ready. But then the second part of my mind, and I didn't share this with him, but thinking behind the scenes is how sad for her in the fact that she worked all this time, all right, in order to have a retirement account, there was, there was work and effort and money put away in order to have an account. And the, the fact is that she had to be in her early 70s. So you would think there's still a lot of life to be lived that she didn't live, but yet what did she do? Worked hard, saved money for this future time that she was then going to enjoy it and didn't. She didn't get to enjoy it because life ended before this quote unquote retirement actually existed. And I think that that's a lie. I'm like, why? Why would we give up the best part of our lives? The times where we are the healthiest, the times where we are the most active, the things that where we can add the most value to people, not to mention the lie that retirement is a good thing for us because retirement means taking out of service. I don't think any of us are, are called to be out of service. We need to be producers. We need to be serving others. And, and I'm going to share this. I, I'm going to try to share my screen. Let's see if this works well. For those of you who are, are watching the YouTube video, maybe you'll get to see this. If you're watching it live, you'll, you'll kind of see my screen. But there, there's actually a calculator a calculation, if you will, of how much money you need to have in an account in order to be able to quote unquote retire. Joey, you and I interviewed Dr. Wade Fowl a year, year and a half ago on the show. Right. What did he say about what amount of money um, someone needed to have in an account in order to retire? What was his rule or what was the, the analysis he had done by studying all the Monte Carlo simulations on you know, the withdrawal rates over the years. Well, he, he basically, a- after he shared a lot of jargon and um, very intellectual things that you were falling asleep behind the wheel uh, as he was sharing it, he, he got to the brass tacks and what has always been the rule since, I don't know, what was it the nineties that this was kind of established that you could, you should be able to um, accumulate enough money that at, at some point, you can retire on 4% of that accumulated value and not run out of money. So what I mean by that is if you had a million bucks in an account, you should be able to draw that down at 4% per year or 40,000. 40, 
and not run out of money. But what he said is because of basically new data, low interest rates, variables, low interest rates, things like that, that we've always said, I mean, there's so many variables when it comes to retirement accounts as it is that you cannot control. So there's nobody with any certainty can give you an idea of what that number is going to be. He said, because of those variables, that 4% is now closer to 3%. So he had what everybody would refer to as the 4% rule. He's saying it's now the 3% rule. So in order, if you were going to need uh, to spend $100,000, right? And you're going to take out 3%, you'd have to have um, $3.3 million in an account to take out $100,000 a year and have a 100% probability of not running out of money. That's right. Right? That's right. So I, if you're you're following with me at home, I'm going to show this. So, J.D., we, we were going through this example yesterday. We were saying, let's take somebody in their mid to late 30s, and, and they're making, let's just say, $100,000 a year. That's their income. And, and with the average balance of this person was about $75,000. That was the data that you pulled up. You said, well, let's say they're being really good stewards of money, and they're saving 10%. So they're saving... $10,000 a year. How old is this person? This person's 38. Okay. And and they need to have if they're if they're making $100,000, we know that they need to have 33 times that. That's the math, right? So they need to have $3,333,333 and 33 cents. And absolutely 33 <laughs> cents. Don't check 33, 33 cents. Yeah. And at the rate that the market has increased because JD, what did the market grow at? What did the Dow Jones grow at from 1900 to 2000? The market history from the, the Dow Jones is um, what it was like five or five and a half percent, something like that. Yeah, it, it was under six percent. Now, okay. what has the Dow Jones grown at from 2000 to where we stand today, 2021? Uh, 4.77. Under 6%. So I'm going to use 6% as our guideline. Here. You're just being generous. So if, if this person's 38 years old, in order for them having $75,000 in account, saving $10,000 a year to get to $3.3 million, you know how many years it's going to take them, Stallion, before they get there? A long time. 45 years. Whew. All right. This person's mm. 38? They're 38. Ooh. What does that tell you? 83. 83 years old and 83, that would be the, the quote retirement time that they could get to just let that sink in that the retirement lie that people are swallowing it, they're not going to get there. And at some point they're going to realize this. Unfortunately, it's going to be way late in the game. That's right. Like they're 38. <laughs> Dude, I spoken like a mid-20s. Man. Come on now. By the way, Russ, when you when you referenced that, hey, they were kind of our age, young forties. <laughs> Ernie immediately shuts off. Like there, there's no, there's he's not related to that. Well, so c consider the fact that this is what's staring most people in the face. They've never done this math. They've never even calculated how much they were going to need. So right now, you can do this if you're driving. Don't do this, but take how much money that you make. Multiply it times 33.33, and that tells you how much money you need to have in an account if you're going to follow Wall Street's plan for retirement. Because if you had that amount of money, then spending it down at 
you will have a hundred percent probability based upon what Wade Fowl would say to not run out of money. Which, now you which, can which, try it with less. Could can we define that real quick? I think it's important because um, most people don't actually define what not running out of money means. Okay. Not running out of money does not mean that you have your original account balance. Not running out of money means that in 20 years or 30 years, whatever the calculation was run at, that your account balance has at least $1 left. That is how they run those Monte Carlo or, or withdrawal rate simulations, is they run them to determine the probability of having at least $1 left in your account at a future date. Mm. And that to me, I think is a pretty important thing to, to, to articulate or communicate, right? So when they say you have a 99% probability of not running out of money, that means you have a 99% probability of having at least $1 left at whatever time frame they're running the probability on. Okay. I've heard enough about infinite banking. I'm pretty sure it's a fit for me and my family, Russ. How do I get started? Let's take that pretty sure and make it darn sure. The reason you do that is that you get clarity, Joe. You need to get on a 15-minute call with one of our coaches at westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call. Then you'll know where you're starting from and where you're headed, and only then can you implement the infinite banking process. All right, so go to westwellwallstreet.com forward slash free call to get that 15-minute conversation, gain clarity. But now, let's jump back into today's episode. And what we're telling people is it doesn't have to be that way, right? You don't have to accumulate 33 times your income in order to be financially free. Ernie, what is the formula for financial freedom? Passive income is greater than your monthly expenses. Passive income is greater than your monthly expenses. So if you made $100,000 and you were saving 10, your monthly expenses, Joey, would be what? 90 not that'd be your annual right so divide that by 12 somewhere around eight grand sure okay yep. so what we need to accomplish then based upon what ernie said all we have to do and i say all oh, that's not easy but we have to get eight thousand dollars a month of income coming in outside of our daily job to to get financially free by the way how much easier is that calculation than what we've already we just had to walk people through this long drawn out calculation to come up with a probability of having $1 and having to defer their life until that time. Yeah. Well, and, and so here's the thing is that don't you want to be infinitely wealthy? If wealth is really defined in time, because that's really what this would be. That's what ultimately the 3%, 4% rule is doing. They said, you need to have this amount of money. And then when you start taking money out of it, basically you got this many months. It's defined in time. That's right. But ultimately, as JD says, it's going toward potentially zero, right? It's going down every single time. But if every month I brought in an income that was equal to or greater than my monthly expenses and the assets I own was producing that and would continue to pr produce that into perpetuity, wouldn't I then be infinitely wealthy because I have an infinite amount of time? 100% there is a way there is a formula and and I, what i want to finish this podcast talking about is just some of those stories the reflection because when we when we sit back and we evaluate the cool things that are happening in our community and we hear what people are actually doing with their money how they're 
impacting that because what, what you could do is you can you can sit down and you can like write down all the things that you're doing financially and it'd be a great exercise and, and we're, we actually have a tool that we're about to roll out that you're going to be able to do this on and, and it'll be a, this free three-day challenge and one of one of the exercises in there is write down all the things you're doing financially and then determine is it getting you closer to financial freedom or is it getting you further away and it's really easy, right? Because it is deemed if it's getting me closer to it means I'm creating a passive income or I'm reducing a monthly expense. If I'm not doing that, I'm getting further away. That that activity is getting me further away. It's really cut and dry. That's how you delineate. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the things that people are doing financially that are getting them closer to financial freedom. And they're using infinite banking as the foundation. They're using that as the tool. JD, you want to share one that you've heard lately that really kind of inspired you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the the financial freedom formula, the, the amazing thing about it is one, it's it's it creates an, an objective or an agnostic way to look at am I on track to um, one, get to where I want to be, but two, am I actually making good financial decisions to remove the emotion from that particular financial decision? And, um, you know, cause I'm wired personally in such a way to I'm very black and white. So I look at things very linear, um, you know, and my wife on the other hand does not look at things very linear. So she really helps to balance that out, but to be able to put something down on paper that provides some framework and some context on how to look at things is so helpful. And like you said, there's only two levers that you can essentially pull in that formula. You can either reduce your expenses or you can increase your passive income. Either way, though, you have to at some point start working on the passive income side because in so many of our conversations that we have with people, they have a noble desire to want to get out of debt. And, and I think that is an amazing thing for people to want to do is to get out of debt. However, if all you do is focus on just reducing your expenses, you end up living hand to mouth. You never actually get ahead because all of your available cash flow is going to reduce your expenses. But the reality is, is that you can't pay off the cost of living. Like that's never going to go away. There's always going to be some measure of an expense there. And so um, I share all that to, to, to lead into this particular uh, interaction that I had with a particular client. And, you know, she's explaining to me the things that she wants to do. And some of them are very short term right in front of her. She wants to get out of debt. She's getting ready to buy a house. And as we look at the cash that she has available, and starting to map it out within the context of that financial freedom formula, we were able to build an IBC policy for her where she could immediately deploy it into paying down that debt, which naturally freed up cash flow to go back to the policy. But what that did for her is it unlocked this idea that, holy cow, what I'm doing is actually making progress and getting me closer to financial independence. She joined our uh, short-term rental mastermind, right? She's taking action and putting things in place to create passive income. And for the first probably three or four weeks, right, I was getting peppered with emails pretty consistently every two or three days of her asking additional questions and additional questions. But what the formula did and what IBC did for her is it gave her a framework to start working towards not just getting out of debt because that's just a step, right? It's not the end result. Um, but it allowed her again, to be able to start moving towards the ultimate end result of becoming financially free. And for me, that was super empowering and encouraging that I was able to be a part of that interaction. Um, and that ultimate result that was immediate, right? We didn't have to wait 30 years, 
uh, to see some measure of result, she was able to achieve those results right away, right when she took action. Hmm. Ernie, you want to share something that maybe you've heard this inspired you? Yeah, I, there's a there's you know everybody's got their favorites. Right. You know, you you don't don't admit that out loud all the time. But I just remember last year meeting with this with this guy. He's got a family. He's got five kids. He's not. He's not Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. And that's a lot of kids, in my opinion. Uh, he he's 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 been on the IBC journey for three four years now. Uh, he runs his own business, uh, and his his wife was working. He started putting cash in his control using an insurance policy, and then found an opportunity to buy. Uh, a piece of land that had a duplex on it that also had the ability for them to build another building on it, another, another property to turn into a rental and just acquiring that property completely changed his mindset. He knew he wanted to go in that direction and build income streams, cash flow, uh, But that really kind of took off on him and it, it did really well for him over the past couple of years. So uh, we were getting together Last year, he was looking at expanding IBC on his five kids. And that was, that's just an awesome project. He had his fifth right around that time. So we're putting a policy on a brand newborn. And that's just awesome that you think about an insurance policy going the entire length of that child's hopeful, really long life. Mm. That's just going to be an amazing tool for their family. But in the, in the midst of them getting started in real estate, they require some other things and they're able to work his wife out of her job. They're able to create enough income where she could work inside the home, spend mm. time with the kids, be more endowed in together. They're working together in the real estate projects, having to renovate these properties that they got going and now on to next projects. And I just think that's awesome. The result of getting control of some cash, deploying it into something that they were learning about working on it together and getting to a place where one of them has been worked out of a job at this point and they've put in structure they've put in place the structures of these insurance policies that are going to last hopefully 40 50 years longer than they will at this point just on their kids that's really cool stallion you got you got one you, you can think of man i'm gonna i'm gonna lump a couple together here just because i'm i'm pretty stoked about both of them one uh, just heard from a client the other day and he said, man, you know, he's been very successful in his regular career. And because he's had these policies stacking up with cash, he's like, man, I found this great franchise opportunity. I've already found a, a manager that I'm really excited about taking the, the, the reins of this deal. And just talking about the, uh, the other franchises, how they've been doing, we're talking significant cash flows every month that would be coming back towards them. And uh, so he's really excited about getting that going. But in the meantime, shocker, more opportunity finds you. And uh, he says, yeah, a buddy of mine is selling a lake house in this area that I know they're, they're easily going for 60, 70,000 more than what he's asking for. So I don't want to pass up the opportunity, but I also don't think we'll be able to use the lake house because I'm launching this other business this summer. He said, so do you know, is, is there any way I can get involved in the short-term rental mastermind to learn how to run that even while we're not able to take advantage of it this summer? And so just, just seeing like, again, opportunities finding cash, 
cash flow is is coming back towards uh, this gentleman and, and helping him to to create the kind of freedom that he really wants. Uh, he works really hard in his job, lots of hours, and so he's trying to buy some of that time back. And I can see these steps he's taking and how that's how that's going to be freeing that up. Gets really exciting. And then another guy just told me in just a few years he's been able to control over a million dollars in equity in real estate deals um, just by leveraging his policy over and over into various different projects uh, real estate related to the point where he's buying and flipping buying and holding and even done some build jobs on some projects and he, he's really cool to to go into facebook and he's taking pictures of himself at the closing table or at the closing office and saying so glad I'm getting some wealth about Wall Street today. Um, I'm doing this infinite banking thing with my friends, Joey and Russ. And it's just really cool to see his progress over the years. I, I got one I'll, I'll end with, and this is close to home, right? So my, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law are building a house. It's, we, we all bought property together and, and, and our wife's parents. And we, we've been waiting on their house to get built. And there were some kind of delays there. And one of our clients, we actually had connected to them. He, when we first started working with him, Joe, you, you remember he was working for a, a really major um, building company local. And he, 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 you know, knew that he needed to be saving money, knew he needed to be a saver. It wasn't something he had done in his life up to that point. And uh, I think, you know, meeting you and, and kind of connecting with this concept, he started doing it. And they really started putting some money away. And a couple of years later, some things happened. Um, he took he took a, what he thought to be a promotion. Uh, shortly it was, but then there was actually a setback that happened. Like he took a uh, like a sixty thousand dollar raise to go to a brand new company, and that that ultimately didn't work out. And but God had a plan for him, and that led him to being able to start his own design and build company. And whenever my, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were ready to build their house, I said, I really would love for you guys to talk to this guy. I just, I've had a chance to meet and talk with him personally. I just know where he stands with the Lord and just feel like he would be somebody that you guys would relate to. May, may not be the best fit building wise. I don't know. Well, they met with him and thought the same thing. And, and so they, they've started uh, their project. And the other day I was coming home and I got this just really cool text. I'm going to read it to you. It says, if you look behind Matt and Michelle's house, that's my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, you'll see that my wife and I's life insurance policies back there covered in plastic. And I'm like, well, what? And I, I'm really, and for some of you who have new insurance policies, uh, you don't even know because they come digitally now. But back in the old days, you know, they, they used to send us the actual physical insurance policies and they would be in this like big Ziploc wrapper, right? So I'm thinking like, what? What? I don't understand. And so I read, I read a little further. It said, we had to buy all the lumber for their house before pricing went up again. Thank you for helping us be our own bank. Otherwise, this would have been possible. And so I, I had a chance to sit down with my brother-in-law and I was like, hey, I got this really interesting note. And I was talking to him about it. He said, yeah. He goes, with lumber prices skyrocketing, he was forced to either eat all the cost of lumber because the way their, their build was, he basically had a price locked in and our bank will only pay or reimburse the builder once the job, like once each section is done. 
And so he'd went to the people and said, Hey, I want to go ahead and buy the lumber. And they said, well, you got to pay within seven days. He's like, what? I got to pay seven days. I thought I had 30 days. And he said, not if you wanted at this price. So he went and took a policy loan and, and bought over a hundred thousand dollars worth of lumber. And as you pointed out, Joey, just two weeks after that lumber prices went up another 50%. He, he wouldn't have been able to do that without being in this position. And not only did it give him the comfort, like it gave you to be able to leave your job and know that you had a secure foundation if something, you know, didn't quite work out, but then in his new role, in this new business, he's able to do it because of what he had done. And I just think there's just so many cool stories like this. And I, I can't wait to hear your story. We've had some shared in the community and we want to keep those going because those are the stories, both big and small, that inspire us all. And if you're not in this inner circle, you're not participating in these discussions, you have an opportunity. Yeah, head on over to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash inner circle. Um, there's tons and tons of resources in there. Um, the kind of people that you need to be surrounding yourself with if you're on this journey, because as we've already pointed out, the rest of the world is constantly being told a lie. And you can either be a part of that or surrounded by people that are following that, or you can choose to secede and be a part of a group that is going the opposite way and getting to financial freedom much, much faster. So we want you to be a part of that. Join us in the inner circle. All right. So we're going to head over into the inner circle right now and have our live discussion. So as always, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. We hope you'll share this with a friend who maybe needs to hear it. And then if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. This way other people can find our show. They get to hear from you, the listener who's got to kind of hear the stallion at work. And, and, and all, all the fun that we have, I really appreciate it when you share those comments inside whatever a podcast app that you're listening to. Us to. So as always, have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.